Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well. Five weeks left to go in your fantasy footy season. Depending on how your year is going, it may just mean you're one week away from your league finals, is that's what you care about, or in rankings. Ooh, you now have a real good, not just idea of where you sit, but where you sit in alignment to the rest of the top 100 and the moves you may or may not need to make to get yourself in contention. Plenty to get through, and we'll talk about it in a, in a moment. Joining me on this episode, I've got Kane. Hello, mate. How are you? Very well, MJ. Very well. It's nice to do it after teams, and it's an important week, it seems, to have done the podcast after the teams came out, because we've got a bit of news. We've got a fair bit of news. Something we're going to do for you as we head to these final few rounds is just delay the episodes a little bit later in the week to be able to make sure that when we deliver you your podcast episodes, they're the most insightful and helpful pieces of content we can bring your way. The biggest piece of news that's come out of teams. Now, we've known some issues that have come this week. Josh Kelly owners, and we'll talk about him in a moment, have known they've got an issue with him with concussion missing this week. There's other players I want to get to, but the big name came, George Hewitt. Back soreness, which is always a difficult injury to feel confident in terms of his where he's at in the competition. The vast majority of coaches, especially coaches that have had good years, own him. In Supercoach, he's priced at 536100 58% of the competition own him. He's averaging 111 over the year. But he is seeing a bit of a regression in the last five, going at just 102. I know just 102 is really weird to say, but he hasn't been quite to the peak of what we saw at the start of the year. AFL Fantasy, that's the format I want to spend some time talking about. There's less, how many trades are left conversations have you got to have there, but 766K, 43% of the competition own him, an average 98 over the year. But again, just a small regression going at 92 over the past five, no tons in that stretch of time. And DT, same sort of averages as what we've seen through there, but at 766K through there. Let's spend our time on that. AFL Fantasy, we could probably give the most amount of time because two, two trades a week, use it or lose it. Teams are mostly completed. And what I mean mostly is Darcy Cameron might still be there. Nick Dacos might still be there. But on current form, no real rush. Maybe for Cameron there is. So if you're a George Hewitt owner, Kane, what do we do? It's definitely a trade, MJ, yep. as a starting point. And this is when it gets team by team because some people might be limited to it having to be a defender. Some mm. people might have Harry Himmelberg in the forward line and be able to swing him back and open up the forward line, which is probably where I'd prefer to be shopping at the moment. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of options in the forward line that are tempting. Yes. In the back line, though, which is where the bulk of the people listening to this podcast will have to make a decision, it's actually quite tough. You know, if if you don't have Doherty and Sinclair, they're you're paying two. big bucks, but they're the two you want. I think if you already have those two, now it gets a little bit trickier. You know, Tom Stewart would be top of the list, but nearly on par with, 
but he's a week away. He'd nearly be on par with, you know, he'd probably have Doherty and Sinclair right up the top. Mm-hmm. Small gap to Stewart. I think beyond that, there is a bit of a big gap. I know Nick Dacos has been unbelievable. Of course, but you're but, not trading into him now. If Surely not. No, I wouldn't think so, Jay. And we know what happens when you get a massive pump up in the media. You come up against a team like Essendon that has some players that, you know, have done defensive roles in recent weeks in the mm-hmm. midfield. Yep. You know, I wouldn't, I think, I think Guelphie is the one that people have flagged. Good runner, you know, provided a lot of pressure on the weekend. He'd he maybe right gets guy. that role. Yeah. Again, Dacos takes the kick ins and a few other things that sort of build sure. in a bit of a flaw. Yeah. You're but, not nervous if you're an owner. It's, I, I just don't think no, you can trade into him. Correct. But you look at that tier below and it's a really, really tough group. I know we are, tried to answer a few weeks ago who are some of these guys that you could get on. Mm. And it's a, and it's a weird group. We we spoke about you know an Isaac coming. We spoke about an Andy Brayshaw. Oh sorry, Angus Brayshaw. We spoke yeah. about a Bailey Dale. You know we mm. spoke about a few of these guys, and um, really none of them have really set the world on fire. Some for different reasons. Isaac coming had a quiet game. Bailey Dale had a tag game. Mm. You know Angus Brayshaw played Port last week, who you know loved to hold onto the ball. They haven't really set the world on fire, and, and it's probably drawn up a lot of a lot of attention this week to a guy like Mason Redmond. Yeah, when you come off guy. the big score, mm-hmm. you come off the big score, everyone's eyeballs go, "Okay, what's going on here? Let me have a look into the numbers a little bit more." And the more you look, the more I can't help but be impressed, MJ. You know, he was yeah. a guy that you know I hadn't really given much credence to seriously considering you know you have a look at the numbers but you yeah. know, sort of think no I'd, I'd rather this guy i'd rather a steward a few weeks ago i'd rather a sinclair you know i think a lot of people starting squad wise you know had hewitt had short had sicily chris had a whitfield in there chris, like there was yeah. a few guys like that and you sort of just you know overlook him really don't you, you just overlook yeah. him he's doing his thing he pops a good score you write it off comes back with some really solid scores in the 80s mm-hmm. and he's popped another score. So um, it's hard to have a defender that has a ceiling above 120. And he's got, well, they're just not he's got there. three of those already. Including, like you said, that really big one that's come through there. There's a, a player we'll come back to in a moment. There's still some more I want to get your input on, Dawson. There is a, a, a glaring omission as people listen to you talk in this mm. episode. They go, you didn't mention Jordan Dawson. And, and I'm going to let you go him in a minute about that's intentional that you've opted out on, on missing him. So I want to get your take, but Mason Redmond, I really like as an AFL fantasy play. And again, we're just purely addressing AFL fantasy. We will dream teamers and super coaches will come to you with the Hewitt dilemma in a moment, but there's a couple of reasons why I like Redmond in one is if you are a Hewitt owner, it does pocket you not really any cash, but it doesn't, because it costs you money to jump up to it. But it's not something that within the rest of your team, that unless you've got other issues to deal with, that should be something too far to get away from. So in terms of attainable players, tick the box. In terms of unique, it might not be this way in 24 hours, but right now, Mason Redman is in 1.1% of AFL fantasy teams. Tick. He comes up with a break-even, again, purely just in AFL fantasy, of 73. 
So even if he does those couple of 80s, couple of, let's say he goes 100 over the next fortnight. We're talking, okay, he's up at 8.20. What I like about him then, while I'm still on him, he's got a matchup against Collingwood. Beautiful matchup in terms of, they're not really a scary team through that forward line. It's their midfield and their defensive work around the ground that sets them up for success. And then lastly, I like, as you mentioned, the ceiling, they play at the MCG this Sunday afternoon, beautiful, sunny, top of 18 degrees in Melbourne. And that's a great one week. The very next week, North Melbourne. However, if you're in the luxury position, and it's a guy you mentioned his name, and I'm keen to get on your take on this. If you get stuck with him for two weeks, North Melbourne, it's fine. But the very next week after this Collingwood matchup, if he can pop you a ton, it's basically a sideways trade to one Tom Stewart. Yeah, well, that's the thing, MJ. I think that's the dilemma that some coaches will have this week is they might have that position where they don't have a Josh Kelly, which is the other name. Yep. But as you said, we knew, we knew was out as soon as the post game last week when his, his coach said he'd missed. So I think when you've got Stewart and you've got Kelly, you know, you're probably shopping one defender, one mid. Mm-hmm. But if you've avoided Kelly, because I don't think many teams would have avoided Hewitt, that's just how popular Not that he is. listen to the podcast. Chances are you've... Yeah, it's, it's quite rare. Going. He's going to be someone you've got to address. So um, then it gets really interesting. Do you address the Darcy Cameron mm. issue? Now, Grundy's not coming back this week. Yep. Uh, there's not even a VFL game for him to have a run in. So for me, you know, I don't think it would matter too much if they won or lost, but I think a win would give you maybe, okay, Small have another breath. run in the VFL. Because mm-hmm. um, obviously, you know, what Collingwood's doing is working right now. They're, mm-hmm. they're just winning, winning, winning. So that's a ticking time bomb to a degree. Now, yep. will it have the same disparity in performance that he had at the start of the year with Grundy? It's probably somewhere in between. We know they've spoken about Grundy playing more forward. Cameron's obviously proven himself, got a bit of confidence. But I think we've all seen that Cameron is starting to tire a little bit. The weekend was great. He kicked some great goals. Tackling was back a bit, but it was that sort of game. It was a a wet weather game, wasn't it? Yeah. The one for me, though, and the reason I did leave him out is we've got not many games to go now, MJ. Mm, That's what after this week. Something five games to go. Now that mm-hmm. is nothing. And what I mean by that is if you can just have one poor score, if you think about, if you have a 60, if you have a, a tag game, a 60, yeah. to get back to a hundred, it's 110, 110, 110, 110. That's a just to get to a hundred. So Jordan Dawson. Yeah. Now the first alarm bell was evident weeks ago and yes. it was Sydney his old team, and it was Ryan Clark. Starting to tag. Who's been gobbling up halfbacks. He's gobbled up Sinclair. He's gobbled up uh, Clark last week. He's gobbled up Bailey Dale. So he's he's got some good scalps when he he plays, and he plays that role. Mm. Doesn't seem to be going to the midfielders. He's leaving that to the row bottoms and the mills just to do their thing. He's going to these halfbacks, and... If you've watched Adelaide this year, and we know in Jordan Dawson's good games, mm-hmm. love the ball in his hands. Now, 100%. he gets some kickouts as well, so he'll get a bit of a flaw there. Yep. And the thing that has impressed me, MJ, when McGuinness went to him, 
What did he do in that Hawthorne game? Tackle. He, ta- he tackled his backside off. Ten of them, I and, think it was. So that that's that's huge. That's and, and he could and he could walk away. And if he's doing that with ten tackles with his kickouts, it is very hard to be under seventy. Like yeah. it's just almost near impossible. The second concern, though, is ill this week with gastro. Mm-hmm. We've seen a few players have that this year, and it hasn't been pretty. Not a yep. not a pretty thing on many levels, but. You're going to know as well. Like if it is a laid out situation, yeah. you know, unless you really wanted to go to a Fremantle or Richmond player tomorrow night, which I wouldn't think many would. But look, we've lost him in super coach maybe, but again, we're purely mm. just addressing AFL fantasy at the moment. So one forty yeah, game think... at the SCG gives us a look. Yeah, it's it's probably Brayshaw, isn't it? If someone said, oh, I want to finish my midfield or you know do something in the midfield, totally. maybe Brayshaw, but I think... I think again, you'd want to have Mills, you'd want to have Miller, you'd yeah. want to have yeah, there's guys Steele, you'd want to have guys like that before, yeah. um, especially at the price. You know, Brace was quite expensive, mm-hmm. and I think as well as we always say, you're sort of banking on a loss there. Very defensive move to take a Brayshaw now at this point of the season, as good yeah. as he is. Again, maybe if you're in the top hundred and you want to just neutralise it, get it. Different Richmond's story. A handy matchup. I think he could he could go really well. You know, at Marvel, he's played well at that stadium. So, he has. Dawson, when you put in a tag and ill, mm. and if I'm thinking that's a 60, and this is a guy that's already got two scores, that if he puts a 60 and that price is plummeting, yes, it's already, take, it's already taken a bit of a hit. Now, it's taken a hit off a massive price tag. Like, he was unbelievably expensive, MJ, just how well he was going. You know, he was oh, yeah. 880K. Just a fortnight ago, yeah. So a 76 and 85. Fine. Yeah. But you look at what he did before that, though. You know, he was just, he was just, he was Mr. 115 really. plus. Yeah. So super impressive. So I think about that and I look at the, the fixture. That's the other piece, isn't Carl- it? Carlton next week, tough. West Coast at home, hogging the ball. Mm-hmm. Now, North Melbourne at home, you'd like Good that. But again, he's going to get some, some opposition. He's yep. going to get some attention. He's so, he's so, so good. And then the um, final that, round yeah, is back to the point you made last moments ago. Uh, it's just poor, MJ. It, it's, it's so it's, denying of the football. Yeah. Their like, I, I thought it was something they were doing. You know, they did it against Melbourne, which really stood out earlier in the year. They, mm-hmm. they played a, a game like, let's just, instead of making it a 120-minute game, yep. let's just make it a 45-minute game. We're going to hold onto the ball, suck time away, and then, unfortunately for them, they conceded five goals. I think at the end of the second quarter. Yeah, and it, they just never had a chance because they just never had any intent to really score. But it seems like you know a soccer team that zero zero can we score in the 80th minute beyond and sneak a result? Yes. Um, and it just sucks a lot of points up. You know, it just sucks a lot of points up. It sucks a lot of time up. There's no real rush for them. So, and also we know they're going to want to beat. Adelaide. Of course know. they will, yeah, especially after and, the, the... And this is the, and this is the guy. So I, I just think Dawson, target on his back, yeah. as good as he's been, I think there's a clear tag this week. Yes, I, I think agree. there's some attention against an extremely restrictive team in round 23. Yes. So if I'm penciling those in as just say, let's just say conservatively, MJ, it's 75. In, the, in those, those games. two games. Yep. That means if he needs to go 110 to 115. 
yeah. in the other three to match a hundred to go a yeah. hundred. So I think what we're talking about with Dawson is now I'm not opposed and to popular. people. And he's, and he's popular. popular. That's the other thing, especially in the top coaches. So I'm not opposed if coaches outside of Hewitt, if you're a Hewitt and a Kelly owner, you, you can't look at Dawson. Um, but you can't look at him as a trade-in option. I agree with you in AFL fantasy. And if you're in the luxurious position that you've got either Hewitt or no premium options to deal with, that could be one of the plays to really get aggressive and to make some moves, which is where a Redman does become interesting. Now, I don't think he's a season play, which is where I was advocating, you know, before when we kind of weren't talking about Dawson. He's a one or two week runner, get into your Tom Stewart. And then you look at someone like a Tom Stewart uh, based just purely on, on what he's done. You know, he's going a hundred for the year. He's got probably the best ceiling of all our defenders. And when he's back after this Port Adelaide game this week, which he misses, it's Bulldogs, St Kilda, Gold Coast, West Coast. So the Bulldogs... Yeah, and there's are, a 44 in there, MJ, as well. That's, a, that's the crazy thing. Like, he, he's got a 44 that he was concussed in the first term. That's so, right. You know, a price a price point of view, like, we shouldn't be getting a player of, of his, his ilk. So I think that's the play, if you're in the luxurious position, that's what I'd be looking at. Now, knowing there are some players I want to get to your perspective on soon, there is Darcy Cameron, as you mentioned returning Grundy as early as next week. Rowan Marshall is ripe for the picking via Darcy Cameron, let alone anything else, with no Paddy Ryder for, let's call it the season. If the Saints aren't in the finals picture in the last two weeks, which is a very likely scenario, there's nothing to gain to chuck him in there. Absolutely nothing to gain. Bailey Smith is going to be a really nice price in a week, as is Max Gorn who a lot of people did trade out of. Again, maybe not so much in the limited trade formats, but certainly in AFL Fantasy, top coaches moved off him. Before we come out of AFL Fantasy and move to Dream Team and Supercoach for, for our Hewitt owners, and we appreciate your patience if that's your preferred format. If you don't want to do a, a runner for a week or two and you can't get up to Doherty or Sinclair, but you just want to go, I just want a guy that I'm happy to have for five weeks. Is there any defenders you see in AFL fantasy that you go, this is the play? Or is it a best of a bunch of okay guys? Well, I think there's a guy like Bailey Dale, MJ, to me, yeah. jumps out. I think you know, it's a good little run of fixtures. I don't think there's anything too glaring. I don't see Melbourne, Geelong. Fremantle, GWS, maybe Hawthorne, but I think by then maybe a Caleb Daniel is back we'll in that. the fray. Yeah, sure. Um, and they can probably overpower a Hawthorne, but it doesn't matter as much. You know, when Hawthorne used that McGuinness tag on Dawson, it was a game they wanted to win and they did win. Whereas, you know, at Bulldogs, the way the fixture's going and the ladder's shaping for them, that's that's their season They're potentially. Go. Yeah. So uh, I think Bailey Dale, primary kick and taker, Basically, he's a walk-up 90 to 95. Mm. So, yes, you're off. Again, ideal world, you've got Tom Stewart. You get to Tom Stewart. You know, these type of guys. But if you have to shop in that lower tier, I think Bailey Dale is super, super safe. Yep. There's there's guys that carry a lot of risk. You know, Shannon Hearn, to me, we all know what he can do. Upside We all know. You know, I, I see Adam Simpson comes out and says that 
we want to try a few different things. Yep. I don't really know what the previous six weeks was. So I thought that might be trying some different things, but maybe <laughs> just continue to try different things. And, and Hearn, MJ, he is the guy really, isn't he? Like He's that guy. Still. Like, you look at what he does. Like last six games he's played, low of 76, high of 119. Everything else is just peppering 85, 90, 95, 100. Mm. Like, it's very, very safe. It's yeah. very, very safe, but the body isn't safe. The team no. isn't safe. There's a lot of things like that. And again, you could play the flip side if he announces his retirement. Maybe he does get fed the footy for a couple of like there's, Yeah, exactly. There's things like that, but um, you'd have to be a really big risk taker, in my opinion, to... With it, it would probably be like, in the exact same category too. Yeah, if you well, had he, confidence just, that he'd get named, you'd, there's your play. You probably, you, you probably would fall into with it. In a, you know, he's a good one because... You watch him play, and like we all know, it, the defending isn't his game. No, but I, I don't really know. You can't blame him. Like he's always played that short kicking, sitting behind the play. Everything's really that's, like that's he's always been that Brisbane. Yeah, like before he's, he's going to be an efficient kick. Everything's short, sharp. You know, everything's long to a contest. There's nothing really that breaks the game open. There's nothing really daring, but like you know what you get when you get him. So yeah, you know. He's in and out of the team. I get that, but yeah, you just can't go there. Crisp is safe, but popular, so you're probably not going there again, unless it's like you mentioned with Andy Brayshaw. You're you're playing a defensive manoeuvre. Yeah, or you don't. Yeah, you don't don't want to make a decision. You're sort of thinking to yourself, I I don't want to go silly here. I don't want to. I don't like Bailey Dale. I don't like the risk with Hearn. You know what I want to do? I'm not sure, so I'm just going to get on track with the masses. Yeah. And we know and we know Chris MJ how many times when he's had this little dip. And again, I say dip. <laughs> really, he's had he's still gone 90 the, in the, the last five in the Giants. The Giants game. That's the so, difference. So I think when you're buying at that price, especially in a DT MJ, Jack Crisp yeah. is so so cheap. I think that's your move where you're going, okay, this is safe. This is a yeah. guy that's gonna the give issue me just becomes Port Adelaide next week, Sydney round 22, Carlton round 23. A good matchup against Melbourne if he's playing in that defensive areas as well as mids. So I think he's at Lloyd's an interesting one. Three out of his last four tons in AF, but it does feel, uh, you don't feel confident in it. You'd almost at that point, given the price is, is comparable, you almost go, I'll take Crisp. At that point, in oh, time. I, I would, I would think so, MJ. I would think so. I just, so I don't know. for me, I, I just couldn't do it. So I, I think Hewitt's an interesting one. He has to go in AF, and it becomes, as you mentioned, there's some safe options, popular and safe. There's some risky uniques that you could run for a week or two, but then the other element, as you mentioned, is if you've got other issues. Now it might be rarer guys like Kitty Coleman, maybe you held Lockie Whitfield all that nature. We'll get to those and the Josh Kelly dilemma in a minute. But if you're a dream team or in a super coach owner, the variable always comes down to about whether you trade or hold because a back injury could be a one weeker, could be multiple weeks. We've seen that happen with Hewitt already this year where we thought it would just be something and it became something a little more elongated than that. It all comes down to Kane. How many trades do you have left and what's your focus? That becomes, is it legal rankings? If it's rankings, and you've got more than three trades left, I'd say go. 
pull the trigger and go and jump on somebody at that point. If you're in the top couple and you've got no cover and you're a chance at winning it, you would rather come inside the top few hundred and miss out than hold and hope. If you're if it if it's the difference between a donut and having a go, you always have a go if you're in contention. You never know if you're going to get back into that position again because there's good coaches that play the game. Yeah. And I, the only reason I would hold is you've got good cover. You really don't have many trades left and you're only pulling the trigger on. You got one trade left. Two yeah, and you're hoping left. he's back next week. And you're hoping he's back got, next week. Even if you got poor cover, right? If you've got yeah. poor cover, that's a... Like a Karmas. Oh, I, I think like a... Brazo. You know, I think Hoff in, in DT, you know, you've got him in the midfield. He can swing back now. So you've yeah, got a yeah. straight swing. Yeah, with Hewitt now. Now that might even give you the luxury, as you said, to bring on a Carmichael, a Cully, a few other things. But I think yeah. if you're down to one, and this is going to take you to zero, you're thinking, okay, if I get a forty here, yeah, there's there's probably going to be a week in the next four weeks yep. that I do not have any cover. There will be donuts, and if, and, and if you think Hewitt is a one weaker, you got to hold that. There surely will, there will be people that miss more than that just by nature of there's so few games left you know even a minor injury is just usually season for a lot of teams so um i think you just back in your cover if you've got one trade left and think there's going to be a position in a few more weeks that's worse well what we've seen clary miss a week josh kelly miss a week we've seen whitfield now miss two hewitt we've all lamented yeah how many injuries there have been this year well our stepping stones and our cows popped for the vast majority of the year, like Brody popped, Sicily's popped and delivered. Canelio, for the most part of the year, has popped and delivered. English has popped and delivered, albeit missed some games. So, so we haven't been wasting trades with too many missed mid-year picks. We've burnt our trades with injuries. So I think that's some really fair advice. Let's then move into their... There is a smaller percentage, but a, a significant percentage of coaches that do have Josh Kelly, 18% in Dream Team, 12% in Supercoach, and AFL Fanny, it's already quite, it's dropped about 4 or 5% since the concussion news came out. So that's down to about 8% of coaches across the formats have him through there. 550K in Supercoach, 827K in DT, 822 in AF. So you can get decent options probably without some cash on top of him, you can't get to your preferred best picks. But if without telling people what to do with Kelly individually, what do you do if you've got both? How do you address that, Kane? Let's look for help those smaller percentage of coaches to how do you choose which premium in which line do you skimp on for the benefit of others? What's the combination we should be looking at? Yeah, that's a... Really, really good question, MJ, because I think with these things, you've always got to start with the basis of you know, the people listening have no cash. If you've got more cash, great. You've got more options. But if you're looking mm-hmm. at you know, Kelly and Hewitt, we're just sitting shy of $800,000 spend per player. Yeah. You know, Kelly's down to 822, Hewitt's at 766. So I think immediately you start thinking, okay. You know, what do I what do I like here? What do I what am I drawn to? Now, if you don't have Doherty or Sinclair in defence, you're probably naturally drawn there, aren't you? That's yeah. that's somewhere where you're going to be gravitating towards going. Okay, 
that's that's the top of their line. Mm-hmm. They're blah blah blah. They're doing this, doing that. But then on the flip side, as we always say, it's always combinations. So, so what right. am I then getting in the midfield? Yeah, are you skipping down to a seven fifty k midfield? Yeah, and and again, at worst, you might only have seven hundred. Like, and yep. that gets really tough if you're, you're getting in. to the Chad Warners, Jed Anderson, Dylan Shields. Jared Berry's Ollie Wines. Now, none of these are bad names, but no, they're not. If they're options that you're looking for a five-week run, you, all of them there's a level of hesitancy. They're at that price for a reason. Yep. No, that's 100 percent right. So for me, I think you're not really loving that combination. Like as much as you'd love a Doherty and a Sinclair. You've got to skimp like a bit, if, don't if you? You're going, if you're going without in cash the low, in the bank, if you're going yeah. at the low 700s, MJ, it just gets really, really challenging. In the I midst, find. there's some okay early 800s. You've got Keys, Anderson. Then you might be going up a little bit more Petrarca just at 830. And probably then the top you might be able to get up to is Walsh at 838 and Bailey Smith at 850. That's probably about as far up as you can go if you've got no cash and you've got both to move on. Otherwise, you're now looking at the low 700s defenders and it could be equally as unattractive an option. Yeah, and that and that is always, with this stuff, the balancing act. What, yep. what, what do you like? So I think you know, some of the things you like in the midfield, like you mentioned, there's some guys that are really really rolling there's some guys that you go okay sam walsh you know, mm. for 16 i'm going to lose 16k you know now i'm spending about 750 on a defender you know we went through some of the defenders before but you're thinking about your bailey dales mm. you know you're thinking about your jake lloyds you know, you're mm. right on the verge of a nick boston now if you want to really push it you can start looking at a nick hind if you really want to take a bit more of a risk in back totally. in some of that form. Uh, but for me, when I look at it, Bailey Dale feels very safe. You know, I'm making 40K. Now I've got 860K to spend on the mid. Yeah. And I start thinking, okay, who are some of these guys that we can get? You know, you're sort of scanning that price range. No, a Bailey Smith, 850. Now I'm getting someone top of the line yeah. in the forward line. I can swing him around. Yeah, maybe you're thinking to yourself, okay, now when Darcy Cameron, when I want to trade Darcy Cameron out, for example, mm. now I've got the whole field at my disposal. Bailey yeah, Smith can go forward. Up. Now I can get that premium mid. Yeah, and maybe next week, MJ, you can do a little downgrade, and now yeah. you can elevate yourself to, you know, maybe you're getting up to the 900 range, maybe mm. getting up to the 920 range, and all of a sudden, Miller, Steele, Mills. All these guys come into play. Correct. Um, I think the other one that is cheaper, and again, you'd need a bit of DPP mm. to pull this off. I think Dylan Moore, I think we all see that yeah. that role change is real. Yeah, that's on. Back-to-back weeks, uh, you know, we're very impressed. We've all got forwards that can swing into the midfield, mm-hmm. put Dylan Moore in that forward line. Uh, you know, you're making 14K on George Hewitt. Yeah. So if, if you're thinking about that, you're putting that on – Josh Kelly's head now. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you can you can do a bit with that MJ. You know, if you're in the if you're in the 830 range, 
like you've got a bit of stuff that you can play with, you know. Yeah. Do you love Noah Anderson? Do you love Davies Uniac? Do you think, okay, I need to be a little bit safer than that? You know, even if you've got a couple K, you're getting yes. Sam Walsh. You know, you're getting yeah. Sam Walsh. Uh, so there's a few things like that. Maybe you can massage your team. Maybe you, you don't have that sort of flexibility and that has to be a defender that's yeah, in sure. that 800 sort of range. And then it probably does come down to, you know, you, you are just short of a Doherty and a Sinclair. So maybe you have to go with a Redmond. But you're going to have to weigh that com- those combinations up. That's I think com- if you're looking across the lines, I think if you can take on a pure Ford at still and more, yep. I think if you're shopping in the sub-850 midfield range, you're looking at your Walsh, your Bailey Smith, yep, and in, in your defenders, well, again, if you've got a little bit of cash, you can probably take a Doherty and a Sinclair You'll need you what do what we need, MG. You need about fifty K yep. to do it. But you might have enough money to get Doherty and Sinclair and Dylan Moore for Josh Kelly and Hewitt. So Which isn't all a bad these combination combo. No, I, I don't think it is a bad combo. But I always still think with these things, you can't be banking on hopping off straight away. Again, even if even if you go Redmond, you have to think to yourself, if I get stuck with Redmond for the rest of the year, correct. Am I content? with what that could look like. Yeah, that's right. Now, now you probably would love to move him on to a steward. But again, if he keeps going the way he's going, maybe you move on a Sicily. Maybe you move on a short or something. Yep. Nick Dacos. But I think you have to have that expectation that you don't want, personally, to go on a danger field. You know, to go on these mm. guys that you go, this is quite speculative. Now, you can play the game however you want. But I think Absolutely. With, those, with, with, with that budget of money you've got, you can get two guys that are either one's a real top liner, Doherty yep. Sinclair, or even get up to a Miller. Yep. And then you're going to have to be a little bit more speculative. Maybe you have to take Nick Hind. Yeah. Maybe you have to, you know, go with Christian Salem. Like mm. there's going to be things like that you might have to do. Yep. Uh, but I think with that amount of money, you're getting two people that you can be rolling with for the rest of the year. And yeah. if carnage happens around you, deal with you said, it. Two, two trains a lot sounds like a lot. But how much, again, you said at the same time, stuff just keeps popping up. Like you can get stuck with them. And especially with Darcy Cameron ticking away, mm-hmm. you don't want to be getting stuck with players and mm-hmm. then have his role revert to primary forward 30% ruck time. Like and we know those, 70s. Those, yeah, and that, that would be good. 70s would be yeah. good. So, and, and, and cash tumbling everywhere. So I think that's where I'd be getting two people I'm really, really happy with. Yeah. Now, do you always want to get? Yes, you'd love to get Rory Laird and you'd love to get Doherty, but you're happy with them. Who's got 250k in the bank and and no issues to deal with? That's that's the thing. Everyone's got issues, whether it's no cover, you know, people on the field. So I would be getting two really good people. I think you've got plenty of options, and as I said, ideally you don't want to be shopping in the back line if you can do some flexible. Again, Himmelberg would just be that perfect player swinging back. Yeah. You know, all those sort of things. But um, Dylan Moore, Bailey Smith up forward. I think those are two guys that if you need to complete the forward line or just even future-proof the forward line with the Darcy Cameron, mm-hmm. you'd be pretty happy. Yeah, that's a pretty good combination. If, if you're a dream team or a super coach and you own Josh Kelly, um, he's certainly had a quieter past couple of weeks than what he's done mostly through the year. But with the concussion a late one, 12, 12 game, oh, sorry, 12 day, not 12 game break. 
what are you doing? I've got some thoughts on Josh Kelly. I'm slightly biased around Josh Kelly, so I'll wave that flag quite happily. But what's your take around Josh before we move much further on? MJ, he is a guy that if I had one trade, I would be very tempted, mm-hmm. if I had no cover, to, to move him. Because this giant side as a collective, there's a lot of turbulence. You know, they're one of you know only two clubs that, have a vacant coaching position right now. Correct. I tend to think as well, Hopper came back in. We saw the centre bounces tumble. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of rumours about whether it's Hopper, Taranto, Bruin, you know, even recent ones I saw about Lockie Whitfield. Like yeah. people wanting to to leave and go elsewhere. And it's just for a side that's not in finals mix, that always mm. really worries me. That becomes the concern, doesn't it? And Josh Kelly is just... A victim of his own success, really. He's, he's too so good at too good. many things. Yeah, yeah. He's not one-dimensional like Hopper, Green, and, and and Green. And uh, I just think, you know, he's he's good enough that he could do anything. Yes, he could just go back to his ways. But I'd be thinking, I can do something here. If yeah. you wait another week, if you wait another for him to play another game, you're not going to be able to have this decision. No. In a few weeks. Now, granted, no, no, you've got no. not many trades left, but that's true. I just think at, at that price tag, you can do some stuff. Now, yes, it's a shame that he, you know, he lost thirty odd k sure. last week. Yep, but there's still some stuff you can do. There's a lot of options in no matter the format you play. You mentioned uh, some of the names that you can look at just through there alone. It it costs you. 20, 30K across all the formats to go up to a Sam Walsh, who I really like Walsh, not just because of his low ownership percentage, but also now as we get towards the final couple of weeks, who do they have? Adelaide next week, Brisbane the week after. They're just going to go head-to-head against them through there. Melbourne, they're just going to go head-to-head through there. And Collingwood, probably the easiest midfield matchup that you can get in terms of gut. So for me, it's like, it's got a ceiling historically, maybe not so much this year, but historically the attention is still on Crips because of it. And he's got a relatively good ownership and a really nice fixture. So for me, that's the one Kelly is, I think you nailed it in the limited trades is if you've got the opportunity, make the move. He's been very, very good this year. He's still ranked 13th overall in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team for total points. He's ranked 17th in Supercoach this year for total points. And I know some would go, man, he's been rubbish for me this year. It's like, really? Even off the back of his rubbish score last week, that's a bad pick. He's been phenomenal for coaches this year. And he's had really big quiet patches. That's how good he's actually been this year. So if Kelly's your worst pick of the year, You've had a pretty darn good year, uh, is what I'd say to coaches. But that point is really valid. That midfield is volatile. So if you've got trades and no cover, there's a move. If you've got the opportunity to loophole, have a little bit of look and see at some options, you might not need to make that move. But for me, I, I think Kelly, as great as he is, because of the volatility and the position of where the team is on the ladder, I'm with you. It It's a move if you can, but it's not disastrous if you get stuck with him to this point. Before we wrap up, 
Before we wrap up the episode, we've alluded to these four names a little bit. We want to finish it up soon because people are getting close to locking in their teams. Darcy Cameron. We want to talk about him in a sec. Rowan Marshall. Maybe they're one in two. We should link them together because really they are so closely linked for people. Bailey Smith and Max Gorn. Gorn is the Ruckman we all want to have if we don't have him. Plain and simple. But outside of a handful of games across formats, he's not really destroyed your year. There's a couple, but not heaps. Bailey Smith is the forward we all want, but he's not got the monster ceiling. He's still very, very good. But the, the 130s aren't there at the moment. And does, as you mentioned, teams getting out of finals contention, if the Bulldogs drift in a fortnight, does he become a priority or not? Rowan Marshall is, is screamingly obvious to anybody that needs a Ruckman or a forward. Cheap, solo. We put it out the stats uh, online. Uh, I think it was earlier in the week across the coaches panel, socials handle for everyone to see. And the stats are very similar across previous seasons, but with Ryder this year, he's going 75.8 in Supercoach. Without Ryder, he's going 112.8. Then over in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, 78.5 with Ryder, 99.8 without Ryder. So he's the one probably screaming at people, Kane, that we're looking at to try to get this idea of do we, don't we, do we, don't we? And then you probably could link the two together in the sense of Darcy Cameron's right there with him. And so that's where the attraction for Ryder pops is. I see Grundy coming. I see Ryder out. Marshall's my guy. That's the move. Is it this week and next week? A, a plain and simple, if you're in the luxurious position, can we jump off Cameron early, quote unquote, to go to Marshall now? Is that like just one of the most screamingly obvious trades that coaches should be making if they're Darcy Cameron owners and don't have other issues to address? I think if you got that position, MJ, you'd be seriously looking at it. I think the only caveat we have is, is Tom Campbell mm. going to be in this team? Because we know that's their desired setup. They love... Marshall, Ryder, we know that they're very successful when the two of them play. Yes. But, but what happens to Rowan Marshall? And the funny thing is, Marshall's been playing great footy as a forward. with Ryder in the team, and he's been scoring really well. Um, there's something about West Coast, though, that's it's not as easy as you think. When I mm. initially saw that matchup, I was like, that's a good matchup. Mm. And I started to think about it, and I thought, oh, yeah, I remember that Gorn matchup against West Coast when he that's was in right. red-hot form. It's just... They're that sort of team. Again, mm. possessive footy. Um, you know, there's, Marshall's had a little bit of, you know, flu-like symptoms, it sounds like. He mm. sounds like he's all good. It's fine, but yeah. Um, and I think he's probably one of those picks that if he's traveling, you'd have to have a lot of confidence in him because yeah. the bar's quite the bar is quite low. Um, and he always has that flexibility that if, you know, Gorn and English really get going, Mm. And you want them in your rock line, you can have Marshall in the forward line. That's not Perfect. too bad. We know Ryder, you've got sounds like at least three games, maybe four, if not the rest of the season. Yep. Um, and I feel like 
it's going to be funny, MJ. I feel like if you've got forced trades, just say the Hewitt and Kelly obvious one, mm. you probably don't mind that. Now, again, you could get Marsh in that situation with DPP, but I feel like a lot of people will go, well, not the worst thing just to let me have another look at Marshall mm-hmm. with with potentially if Campbell is in the team. If he's not in the team, I think he'd feel a bit more confident. But totally. it's just been a funny week. It's over in West Coast. Mm. You know, you, you'd think the Saints would win and, you know, get themselves right in contention with the eight still. But sometimes it's funny with these ones that feel so obvious. Now, mm. the thing that helps Marshall is his price is trending upwards. So it's not yes. like you wait a week and you get him cheaper. I think that's not going to be the case with the way his price is sitting because he's been Correct. so, so good. But he's also not really a bargain either. Like I look at no. it doing more for a comparable price and I'm more interested there. You know, I think, you know, do I really need Eng- uh, Marshall in the ruck line when I do think that Gorn and English aren't too far away from getting going? Yeah. Uh, and it's not like he's a 650K player anymore. Like he's actually quite pricey. Uh, so I'd rather chase the upside of uh, Dylan Moore. But again, if you do need a ruck, I, I see the appeal. It's just, you know, never ideal when you've missed a day of training. Things are going around at the moment with COVID. Yeah. It's a long, it's a long flight. There's just all these little things that make you worry. So I think in a way, if, if you can't bring in a Ford, it's almost it's almost handy for you in a way. You just go, yeah, I'm just doing something else and I'll address it next week. But yeah. I don't think there's enough going around to steer you away from Marshall. Like He is playing well. You read out the numbers without Ryder. He's brilliant, mm-hmm. especially if there's no Tom Campbell. Yeah. If there is Tom Campbell, maybe you have that slight concern because Campbell really is. Maybe some of the ceiling drops a bit, but not. Yeah. But again, he's got, he's got a ceiling, Marshall. So, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. You'd love it just to be his clean bill of health flying. You know Campbell's not there. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I couldn't steer people out of it no. anyway. I just feel no. like you're in that luxury position now. Would you rather a Bailey Smith for a hundred k more? You know. Would you yeah. rather a Dylan Moore for comp like for a comparable price? Yeah, what do you yeah. sort of What do you sort of need? Like if it's something that you're going Darcy Cameron though, and it's in the ruck line, mm. I think he is the one. If you're going Definitely. in your ruck line, Cameron down, I think he's the one. Whereas some people and you can't get up fall. to Gorn. Yeah, yeah, and I think even if you wanted to let Gorn have another week and just see that price come down, I think Marshall is. You know, he's a ninety ninety five guy, sort of at worst with this role yeah. of being exactly. a sole ruck as a forward. So if you're doing that, you're in the mix and you should be fine. Yeah, I think that's a really good shout. Those other names are really interesting. Gorn is. Like I said, he's been very good at patches this year, but also if you haven't held him, he's not destroyed your year. And that is an interesting piece of the puzzle. The other thing of the puzzle, MJ, that really interests me, and, and this is a guy that I think we both got on quite early and we've mm. been quite fortunate, is Mitch Duncan. Oh, I'd looking like for, to talk look, about him. No, that was looking, I wouldn't say super painful, but it was somewhat painful because of, when a lot of people brought him in, it was, you know, around six or seven. Picked him over stuck. a Parker type of move. Yeah, yeah. I picked him over a Mills, a lot of people. Like, just that yeah. was just – and it hurt. And then we got a little bit of luck. Tom Stewart got himself reported. And Duncan was okay, but he didn't really have much about him, did he? He was very no. sort of low 90s, high 80s, just sort of meandering. You couldn't get rid of him. But no. you weren't feeling – you weren't fist-pumping – 
on a Monday about him and yourself. I'm a rich Duncan, I don't know. And then, you know, we've had three games of a suspended Tom Stewart and he's gone at 120. Yep. So I think now they play Port this week. Yeah, that's the challenging one. So I, obviously there's too many bigger fish to fry, but I, I start thinking if, I, if there's someone I really like in the forward line beyond that, maybe it is a Bailey Smith. Yep. I would not be opposed to jumping off Duncan. Mitch Duncan because there's just – I just don't see it continuing with him and Stuart together. It just hasn't gone that Statistically, way. it's not that way. So in the four games he's played without Tom Stewart this year, and this is not including the concussion game either, by the way. So this is just pure in and out. He's going at 88 in Dream Team this year in fantasy with Tom Stewart. Now, again, that does include the concussion game where he did a good score too. In AFL fantasy. Something, there was something in that, MJ. There, there was something that, in that. He got a lot of easy kicks when he 100%. went down. And he's going at 111 without Tom Stewart. So we're seeing a 23 mm. points per game increase in AFL fantasy, but it's actually probably closer to 25, 28 if you really want to get pure Stewart on the ground and playing and available through their super coach, similar numbers, not as big of an impact, but similar numbers. 85 in the 12 games he's played with Stewart, 101 in the four games he hasn't. You include that concussion impacted game. Again, it moves from the currently, it's about 15 points per game, more in his favor, up to 18, 19, 20 points per game. You're right. It's not a great matchup this week. And maybe for coaches that are in luxurious positions, it's probably very AFL fantasy because dream teamers and super coaches, if you've got him, uh, again, unless you've got a nice bank of trades, you're just going to have to cop it. You've, you've enjoyed the benefit of a few nice weeks. You're probably just going five more weeks, fine. But in AFL fantasy, if it's just Hewitt is your issue, maybe these names that you mentioned, Marshall, Moore, maybe a week early, but even a Bailey Smith, to make the move, if you've got no other issues, if you're like, I've got cover everywhere, I've got Carmichael, I've got myself uh, a Parnell still rolling through, a Saligo, these are the names you got. I've got cover because that's all you need your cows doing now is just playing uh, as cover and not really generating too much cash. Well, it's about 22K in AFL fantasy to go from Duncan to Bailey Smith this week. Yeah, that's why, MJ, for me, it's you're waiting the week. Yeah. Now you don't you don't love the fact that Smith will play against uh, Geelong that week. Yeah, but maybe again you can do something else and you can hold. But just something again as someone who's owned Duncan for the bulk of the season. Yep. Uh, as I said, it, you, you see it once Stewart's on the field. Those easy kicks backwards, those those big mark tallies that he gets, like mm. it's insane. Like it's just. You, again, you take away someone as good as Tom Stewart, who's such a good interceptor and ball user. Yeah. Not that not that Geelong don't have other good ball no. users, but those those two are just they're just unbelievable. So yeah. when you take one out, um, it seems like Stewart's the one that gets those marks, but he also has that intercept mark game. So correct. He just you just really see it when you know when he goes, like he pops, he pops massive, Tom Stewart. Yeah. So. Just something for me, again, as someone who's very happy and I see the 81 break even, I think 
yeah, it's probably catching out Mitch Duncan at about 8.30, sideways to Bailey Smith, and then... Get a bro on Marshall. I just, th- I just, I just think these are the like type that. of moves that, you know, that's sort of what AF's about this time of year. Yeah, You want to get yourself in a luxurious position as fast as possible. Yeah. And then with the... Again, next week we're talking about four games. Yeah. So if Stuart, if Stuart has, you know, Duncan, sorry, has a 85, 85... Dylan Moore can go 105 or, you know, Bailey Smith can go 105. These are the little gaps we're trying to create. And that's going to be, that's always the thing you're managing. You know, yeah. we spoke about an offline last week, you know, I was balancing, do I trade Cameron or Lipinski? I, I sort of liked the matchup of Cameron. Lipinski goes bang. Yeah. I thought I liked the matchup of Keys. It wasn't his type of game. Like, yeah. You get that's the hard thing about this time of year is you're going to yeah. get a lot of egg on your face because you're going to yep. have to make moves because you have the trades to make. Yes, and, that's, and, and you got to back you. And all you can do is back your research. Correct. You can't you can't be angry at a poor score because poor scores happen and and yep. big pop games happen too for players yep. that you've been trying to get rid of for months. It's 100%. just how it is. Um, but I think that's probably that real final frontier if you can see things like a Mitch Duncan early, if you can mm. see a Darcy Cameron early, if you can sense, especially in those teams out of the eight or not in contention, mm. sometimes silly things happen. You know, yep, we know you're good at this role, but what about this guy? in yeah. there? And you play a different role. Like, that's why the names you mentioned, Walsh, mm. Bailey Smith. Now, Dylan Moore's just had the role change. So I think for me, it's the Tom Mitchells and the O'Meara's and these guys that are like, okay, well, I'm not really going to get that same run with, am I? Whereas, no. you know, a Redmond, that looks like Essendon's found something getting the ball through him. In his hands, yeah. And they and they want to finish the season strong, whereas there's some other teams like the Giants that you just go, well, they're just the trying everything. Anything. They're yeah. just trying everything and anything. So really fascinating time, challenging time. As I said, I think there'll be some people that go, I didn't know what to do this week. And part of me is like, well, I've got Hewitt and Kelly now. That makes it a little bit easier. Just Correct. worry about those two things. Don't try to pick the Sicily short Dawson. Yeah, injuries can sometimes be Cameron, a, a blessing in Philly and AF. Yeah, yeah. Or you just you just go, well, I couldn't do anything about that. So we just process it and move on a little bit better. Um, but yeah, really interesting week. And there'll be some people that say, you know what? I'll fix my bench cover, cash yep. up. And, and that, is a, that is always a play. That is always well. a play. If you're, not, if, you, if you're really not happy, no point Make getting money. stuck with yeah. No point getting stuck with someone that could be a 70, 80 guy. If you if you got a decent bench that you can maybe get out of fifty, and it sets you up to get that big dog. We even say even four weeks if they can put 15, 20 points on that other upgrade target mm-hmm. across four weeks, that's sixty points. And we Makes know in this difference. situation, MJ, sixty points can be. I wanted to trade X or Y. Like that's how crazy some trade. of these calls it. If someone pops a one fifty. Mm-hmm. And someone gets a tagged sixty. It's it can be one. De- it can be. It can be one decision in in that final week or so. Um, it's probably why AF comes to the fore at this time of year. We know Supercoach. Yes. Yeah, that's the game that we yep. don't just have to live with those rules. DT the same, but AF. We do have to get creative, and we do have to look at the fixture because, and we do have to look at the taggers and all these. Yeah, it becomes a bit more daily fantasy esque. It's very daily uh, fantasy MJ. through there. So it, players that play that and are used to that, and or draft coaches that are used to running matchups and and running through yeah, waiver wise. Draft gets you really, really good at that because typically, yeah. you know, most leagues, you've probably got minimum 
one or two really good bench players, or at least players that you're mm. weighing up. Yeah. And we know how volatile some of those, you know, if you've got a 65 averaging defender, it's, it's not 65s every week, I'll tell you that. No. It can be a lot of 30s and 40s and then the 100. And often the 100s <laughs> when they're on the pine. So yeah, 100%. You're right. It, it is daily fantasy and you have to look at it that way. It can't just be, I want the top. No. Why do you want the top? Are, yeah. are they going to keep doing it? Do they have matchups? Is there tags? Because mm-hmm. one tag, we're not talking about for the season. Who is the best players for five, five games? That's all. You're just looking for five game, two game, few game runners to get you there. Man, even though there's only a couple of issues that coaches are dealing with, there's a lot to process through fantasy coaches as we get to really this critical time. If you're league focused, you could be battling for finals and it's these kind of 50-50 calls, unique captaincy decisions that make your year, or if your rankings, you're desperately looking around the top couple of dozen, the top couple of hundred to see where are opportunities that I can make. And opportunities aren't just gone full crazy unique like getting a Mason Redwood, which I'm doing, by the way, for fantasy, because I don't care. So I'm going to have some fun with that in that position with via Hewitt. But it's also then not getting certain popular guys. So that is a lot to process and think. Kane, you've been an absolute champion for us, not just on this episode, but right throughout the year, mate. Thank you as as always, mate. No, thank you, MJ. Appreciate all your work. If you want to go and check out any of these other podcasts, you can go and check them out wherever you're streaming and downloaded this podcast content from. You can keep in touch with us across social media. At Coaches Panel is pretty much the handle you need for every single social media that we're on. Not TikTok. I'm too old for that nonsense. We're not on that nonsense. Uh, Or you can just join our Patreon supporter group. There's a bunch of different tiers and rewards and incredible stuff that's coming, not just through these last couple of weeks through the preseason of the of the season, but heading into your preseason of 2023, the Keeper League tiers from Kane and I, that is back. Louis got some exciting things lined up for you that we can't wait to share with you. And then, yep, all coming back again to do it for the 2023 fantasy footy season. Good luck. Five weeks left to go. We can't wait to chat with you again next week here at the Coaches Panel. We wish you a heck of luck entering what could be a very important round for you. Yeah.